brick Cause we joking, it happens to fun Yeah, this how the crew getting it done I'm talking Josh, Adam, and Connor Yeah, this a command and conquer Hard hitting, the IR's real This football, yeah, you know the deal Cause it's all about the defense and the TDs Yeah, this is Big 3 IDP What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And I'm joined in a stream yard filled with heroes tonight. Uh, on my right, Connor Raymer. On his right, Adam Markham. Fellas, how are we this evening? Doing fantastic. Trying to stay warm. We've been uh, we've been snowed in. It's been kind of nice. That has been kind of nice. I think y'all have been taking the boys out sledding, haven't you, Connor? They didn't last long. Uh, maybe next year. Uh, Markham's boy's a little older than my two, so mine lasted, I think, like 30 minutes. It's just cold, man. I mean, it's, it's great sledding weather today, so it's it's like I told Markham. I'm I'm just ready for it. I've, I'm, I've had my fill this year. I'm good on snow. Let's just get to spring. Yeah, a lot of people may not know that me and Connor live right down the road. Like He's, he's like four houses down from me, so... Uh, we get to spend a lot of time together, um, and especially this week with us kind of all being locked in. Um, and it was funny. So we went out, what was it, like Wednesday, like the first real day of all this stuff. Um, and I guess it was like, I don't know, I had to be at work at noon that day. So we they called us, they let us miss the morning because of the, because of the roads and everything. So um, I had to go in at noon, but we all got together at like 11 or, or so, and um and and the and let everyone go sledding. You know, Connor brought his boys, and we brought Silas. There were some other neighborhood kids, um, and everyone was already there. And then Connor, of course, was late, and so everyone was like, "Where's Connor? At? Where's Connor at?" And Becca was like, "Where's Connor? Where's Connor?" Uh, and then we see Connor coming, uh, and he's got a cooler in tow, and there's it was filled with with uh, some adult beverages. And I think uh, seriously, <laughs> Connor got there, and then I think they left like 15 minutes later because the boys were too cold. <laughs> They had that's, like 20 beers and no, like they stayed like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic. I think you inherited that from Papa Connor because anywhere Papa went, he had his cooler full of usually like Diet Pepsi and, and candy bars. Your cooler's filled with something a little different, but you're always ready for a party, even if the party only lasts for about 15 minutes. Yeah, I had some of Grandpa's cough syrup there. So, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was fun. It was a great snow day. Got a retention basin a few houses down from Adam and I in the neighborhood that we live in, and uh, kids got to enjoy it. So uh, nobody got mangled that I saw over there. So all, all in all, a successful uh, snow day. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, there's an expression. I don't know. Maybe it's an expression everywhere, but you could throw a stone and hit someone's house. That is literally true with the two of you. You could throw a stone from either of your porches and hit the other one's house. So... That's a good and a bad thing. Mostly a bad thing, though. Yeah, I'm watching that. Yeah, and Josh. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always we're always looking at each other for sure. But Josh isn't Just, too far down from us either. It's, he's like you're what two, three miles down the road from us as well. It's enough distance to be safe, but yes, also yeah, so, enough distance to be dangerous. So for our enemies out there, if you want to take us out, I mean, you can do it probably in a total of thirty to forty-five minutes. I would say you got to be you know quick, but you don't got to you don't got to go too far. Yeah, I mean it's one can of gasoline and a match. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's it's done. So yeah, we're close. Yeah, close enough. Well, boys, it's a little later than usual, but we had to get on tonight. There was just too much going down in the world of the NFL to stay silent on the big three front. So we're here. 
even if we are snowed in, even if we're trapped in our houses for another reason, not COVID related, we still get to talk about the NFL and that's pretty freaking awesome. So tonight we got a great episode for y'all. Connie's going to be joining us for the big news, of course, uh, that Vance McDonald retired from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're breaking that down in detail. Good 20, 25 minutes, I'd say, Con. Uh, no, we're going to talk about the Carson Wentz trade, of course, and then we're going to hit some sell-high candidates. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode. we got Buy Low next week, and then the week after that, we've got our boy Mike Wollert coming in for an IDP 101 slash 201 crossover happening in our respective podcast feed. So look forward to that. If you're a newbie to IDP, this will be a great primer on what you can expect with Mike coming up in a couple weeks. But tonight, fellas, we have to start, of course, with the trade that was in the works. It was percolating for a few days, and it finally went down. They consummated the marriage today. The Philadelphia Eagles... Of course, Frank Reich, the former offensive coordinator there under Doug Peterson, former head coach. They get their guy, Carson Wentz, traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 conditional second-round pick that can turn into a first-round pick if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or if he plays 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. So if you follow any of us, but especially if you follow me on Twitter, you know my reaction. I don't want to start us off negative. I want to go to the optimistic side first. And then my take's not even negative. It's more just kind of neutral. But Connie, we'll start with you because I think you're a little more optimistic about this than I am. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, you know, and I think it was, to me, it felt like the most of, of two things – it was just the most plug and chug fit in terms of if we're going to hit on any of these, because everything is an unknown trading up and getting Justin Fields is an unknown, you know, having to sell the farm to get Matt Stafford. And, you know, and it's like I told Adam, if, if that's what we're going to use as the metric of what former first round talent now was once a one, one like Stafford is no is whence the player Stafford is no, but you look at what it took, you know, a team like LA to get a guy like Stafford in the hall, they had to give up versus that. So if we're talking about value and low risk, high reward, that's this deal. Uh, so nothing's surefire. Everything's a gamble. Uh, I think from a, from someone that's in a job that does a lot of negotiating, I think Chris Ballard basically put on a clinic just say what you will about wins. But again, when you're taking this gamble, because it's Adam and I were saying earlier, you have to act. It's not Jacoby. Old man Rivers is down in Alabama coaching high school kids. And, you know, Swag Kelly's not going to win you any games. So I I don't hate this. I don't think trading up and what it would have taken to get basically inside the top five from what I was picking up on is what we'd have to do to have a chance at um, really any of these quarterback options, Trey Lance, Justin Fields types. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I think, again, people forget the type of stinker of a year that Phillip Rivers had before Wright got his hands on him. And he didn't even get any preseason, little to no physical time with his team. And I think if you told Colts fans they were going to run it back with Phillip Rivers again, 
they'd have been fine with that. So why they would be worried about a guy that is 10 years younger than Rivers, obviously, again, doesn't have the stats like Rivers does. But the last time he and Reich were together, same as Rivers. Again, that's what we were going off of. That's what gave everybody all this faith in old man Rivers, who came and had a, a very respectful 2020. So I hear all the Colts fans out there that say, look at the tape last year. He hasn't been the same since this. I get that. That's totally fair. That's a fair criticism. He's had bad tape. But there is good tape out there. It hasn't been recent, but the one common denominator he's reunited with. Addy, you're the only sort of unbiased party in this equation, so I want to get your thoughts on the win steal before I, I launch into my spiel here. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too excited about it if I were you boys. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a wince believer. I don't think he has it anymore. I think he's, uh, I think he's a shell of himself. I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna get it back. Um, I know, I know that he's, he's, you know, improving his situation. Definitely, he was in a bad situation there in Philadelphia. Um, didn't have a lot of talent around him, really. Once you step back and look at it. Um, but I mean, I don't like it for the skill position players in, in Indy as far as fantasy goes. Um, I don't like it, for, you know, in real life for, for Indy. I just don't, I just don't think Carson's that good of a quarterback anymore. Um, but I agree if it's, if he's, if he's going to break out of whatever funk he's, he's been in, it's going to be in Indy with, with his big daddy rack. Where did that come from? Is that a well-known nickname? I just I'm, I'm I'm calling Carson uh little baby, baby. Carson. Little baby little Carson, baby, okay. Baby Carson and Big Daddy So, Ray. Can we agree though, and if you're watching, can we agree, Connor? Look at the camera. Can we agree that Connor is the spinning image? Maybe he's like the love child, Adam, of John Macri and Carson Wentz. I think maybe that's the right comparison. Yeah. They're a perfect mix, Connor and Macri. Connor Wentz thing a lot. Yeah, Connor even got the red beard going tonight to uh, and the Colts sweatshirt to complement the look. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gloom and doom on this. I really – I said it in our XFFL Slack this morning. I kind of see it as equivalent to how I felt about Rivers, which was pretty meh. Okay, sure. Um, some, some thoughts here before we kind of, I guess, get into – where I come down more specifically though, is that I think because it's Reich and because it's a reunion from the Eagles and because the Colts gave up decent draft compensation, and I'll get into that in just a second. I think people assume that Carson Wentz is going to have a lot of leash and he's not. And the reason is because of the conditional pick. If the Colts know that Carson Wentz is not the answer, you know, if they're sitting at, I don't know, five and eight or something like that with the playoffs, a, a, you know, slim possibility. They're going to sit Carson Wentz down to make sure he doesn't meet this snap threshold and keep that second round pick from turning into a first. So Carson Wentz does not have a lot of leash, a lot of time to turn this thing around. I'd say at best he probably has, if it's a 17 game season, 12 or 13 games, they're going to know, by then, if they're in the mix, if they're in the hunt, they'll keep playing them and see what they got and roll the dice on t- giving up the first round pick. It's interesting. I said that this is essentially Rivers. And right now, this will obviously change. But Vegas 
agrees. Vegas has set some very early over-unders for Wentz's stat line. 4,000 passing yards, 23.5 touchdowns, and 11.5 picks. So basically, Phillip Rivers in 2020, 4,169 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 11 picks. So I don't see this, and I, I got to give credit to John Paulson here from 4 for 4 as well. He kind of echoed the same point. Fantasy-wise, production-wise, this is essentially a lateral move. I don't see it as a big upgrade or downgrade over Phillip Rivers. The thing that I think we have to clear up, a couple misconceptions here. Everyone is dunking on Howie Roseman. Connor, you mentioned that it was a nice trade for Ballard. I don't disagree that it was. But anyone that's sitting here putting the clown shoes on Howie Roseman, Roseman might have overplayed his hand a little bit with the leverage thing. Connor, you were specifically mentioning this on Twitter, and I don't disagree. I think Roseman probably got out over his skis a little bit in terms of the other offers he had coming in because Chicago never actually put in an official offer. So it was really just the Colts or bust. And so, but what he said all along was a first plus. And assuming that Carson Wentz is healthy and the player the Colts want him to be, that's exactly what Howie Roseman got. He got a first-round pick in 2022 plus a third-round pick this year. Now, the other thing that really bothered me was this cap figure for Carson Wentz. Now, we know the dead cap figure for the Eagles is about $33, $34 million, which is like multiple punches straight to the scrotum. But the cap hit, at least according to SpotTrack, for the Colts is only $25.4 million. That's almost exactly what Phillip Rivers made. I'm cool with that. No dead cap after this season. But I will bring up the Jared Goff trade. Jared Goff's contract is a little worse. It's at $27.825 million this year and a $25.5 million cap hit next year with $15.5 dead cap. So a little bit worse in terms of contract. And yet the Rams had to pay a first rounder for the Lions to take Goff's contract. Both of these guys got benched this year. You know, uh, Carson Wentz got outright benched for Jalen Hurts, and Jared Goff got benched in the playoff game for uh, John Walford because he ended up playing when Walford went out with the concussion. So clearly it was a benching. It was not a, you know, he's too banged up to play because he played and played okay. They won the game. So if both of these guys got benched, if their contracts are pretty much the same, is one really worse than the other? So I guess my larger point is this was not like a low-cost move for the Colts. The fact that the Eagles got anything, let alone a third and a potential first, just weeks after the golf fiasco, that's a pretty good job. So, yeah, we kept our first and our second this year. That's great. I'm very happy about that. But we still had to pay for Wentz, and it was not a cheap price. And I will leave you all with this quote from Greg Rosenthal from the Around the NFL podcast, because I think he's the smartest person I know in the NFL analysis space when it comes to quarterbacks right now. And he gave his thoughts on the tr- on Carson Wentz yesterday before the trade went down. He said he didn't just struggle last year. He was like the worst quarterback in the league. So can he be better in Indy? Certainly. But he is starting from about as low of a place as you can go, Connie. So are my hopes high? No. But we'll see. I, I, I wasn't big on Phillip Rivers either, and that worked out okay. 
Yeah. Again, I think every fan would, would sign up for rivers again. And I know on stats and salary and a lot of that, yes, it is a lateral move. And I, I don't think Philly got fleeced. And even in the real estate world, this is a lot of times like a hard thing I have to have with, with like either buyers or sellers is humans by nature are just hyper competitive. They want to win the deal a lot of the time more than they want the deal. And they get really caught up in that. So like, I think with this, like there's plenty of deals where just like the digs deal, there's plenty of deals that can work out where people pretty much make out if just fair market value, so to say. Now, did Roseman do the old Trump art of the deal where you start leaking like just totally ludicrous offers because you think it will eventually flesh out to get you something around what you needed? I think that's what happened. Yes. Because when he's leaking to people of, hey, I need two first. I need a, I need a, a Stafford deal. He knows that's not happening. He knows that's preposterous. So I, I think there truly are people out there that think, you know, maybe if I set the set it at this, but like I said, I, I think Ballard kind of had his number. He knew what it was. And here's the thing. No, it's not a cheap purchase, but again, I don't think it's like necessarily low risk, low reward or low risk, high reward, but it's like a medium the, risk. I mean, a first round risk. pick is a first round pick, whether it's this yeah. year or next year, that's still a very valuable asset that we gave up to acquire Carson Wentz. So it's not high risk. It's not like we gave up multiple first round picks like the golf trade. The, yeah, the real the reality is trade, you were yeah. you were giving up at least multiple second or third round picks, possibly a player, to get an unknown. With Wentz, there's way too much layover. They're not lateral in terms of the player. The player type is way different. Wentz can push that ball up the seam a lot better than Rivers can, and he can drive that ball a lot better. You have a whole nother wrinkle added to the playbook now when you talk about RPO. Uh, do I think he'll be running Wentz like crazy? No, but he can, again, he can run and rivers couldn't. I mean, it's a totally different player and it's, 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 it's different from what he had. I keep hearing people mention in Philly last year and it's like, guys, Philly was a dumpster fire. Their coach yeah. just got fired. Name three players on offense that you think would start on any other team in the NFL. Their line was not great. I think I read, and a lot of this was on Wentz. I understand that, but I think he had 50 sacks in 13 games. There is a lot of blame to be given to Wentz on not knowing when or how to navigate the pocket. But none of that is, I mean, again, the weapons they surrounded him with, obviously the coaching was inadequate. The coach was fired. So, again, I don't think they got fleeced. I don't think Indy gave up the farm. I would have been upset if they would have had to given up a, a a deal where they had to give up a golf like oh uh, yeah Darius Leonard they would have run, they would have run Ballard out of town if they had given up a first Addy at this hey year, man they they've done a pretty good job with those second and third round picks though you know you got Jonathan Taylor last year you got Darius Leonard the year before that um, and yeah I mean it is medium risk and what's the upside are you guys gonna win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz no Carson Wentz hadn't even won a playoff game. Let's not forget that he the the year they won the Super Bowl he was not a part of of that uh, that playoff run at all he got hurt before the uh, the year was over so zero playoff wins for Carson Wentz yeah I think it's it's a gamble with Rivers they were like let's try to win a Super Bowl with Rivers and it's when I was saying he's a different kind of player I mean that in the sense that Rivers and Wentz have different limitations. 
Rivers is a Hall of Famer. His fundamentals, as weird as his throwing motion is, is impeccable. His ability to read the field and make good decisions is impeccable. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. Wentz, the physical gifts are still there. The reason the Colts, well, they lost the playoff game for a lot of reasons, but they had a chance to win the game, and Phillip Rivers couldn't throw the ball more than 35 yards down the field. That's the reason we couldn't complete the comeback. I'll say that. Now, that's not a problem for Carson Wentz. His problem is probably going to be dropping back 25 yards, taking a massive sack on third down, and being forced into about a fourth and 34. Um, so, But he can push the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. The, the gifts are still there, so it's a gamble. They're saying, we will bet a third and a potential first that this guy with those gifts that we can fix his brain and fix his mechanics. Now, I don't think they can. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be in a situation where we're scraping to get into the playoffs and we're having the same conversation this time next off season. I'd love to be proven wrong, but that's where I am right now with it. I don't think he's going to be the reason we get in the playoffs, but he won't be the reason we miss. It's the same thing as rivers. I think there's a lot of similarity there. We didn't make the playoffs because of Phil's, but we wouldn't have missed it. I mean, we couldn't have had a Jacoby lead us into the playoffs. So I, I do think there is a, there's a lot to be said to have a guy like that that can get you. I mean, again, Phil got us 11 wins last year, and even with an extra AFC team, of course, we know that was that was almost, I would think, a historical finish in terms of wins and who was on the outside looking in with Miami there at the very end. So um, I, I do think that with wins that you're going to have a decent chance to – have as good a year with Rivers, put up the same decent amount of stats, shoot for the same amount of wins. And again, you just you have a different playbook. You're hopefully going to have a little bit more hands-on time that Rivers didn't get to have. So I get it, but just like a, a pitcher, guys, there's the the Colts have what ails a guy that has the yips. They have that great line. They have JT back there that can really carry the load if things get hairy. They've got a ton of guys that work underneath quick hitter options, almost guys that let you get in a rhythm, kind of like a, a, a pitcher's money ball, letting them kind of pitch a few of those and and hit a few spots. Maybe trading for, for Ertz too, likely. Because again, he likes to throw the seam ball. That's kind of, I did a lot of reading on Wentz. That's his favorite thing, AKA very tight and heavy. That's something that, that Reich likes a lot. So Underneath routes, I think they'll surround him with things that will make him feel comfortable. Just like you can bring a pitcher back that's, oh, they have the yips, they're on the brink. The same thing can happen for a quarterback. I mean, guys, Wentz is like, I think, 27, 27 or yeah. 28. It's it's a great comparison is Josh Allen. I mean, I thought Josh Allen was broken. I thought his brain was broken. I thought his mechanics were broken. And that resulted in like near bottom of the league in terms of accuracy. And what happens Good coaching fixed those problems, and Josh Allen was an MVP candidate, and the Buffalo Bills were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, and he his you know completion percentage went up at close to 10 percentage points, I think, this season. So it can be done. Coaching can fix problems that seem unfixable. This is a good staff, new offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni, as we know, is now the Eagles head coach, funny enough. So... Can they do this with Carson Wentz as broken as he looked? Because I agree with Greg Rosenthal. I didn't see many quarterbacks that looked as bad as Carson Wentz. And that's because of expectation, too. 
We saw some really wretched quarterbacks. Jake Luton, anyone? But we knew Jake Luton was going to be terrible. Carson Wentz was the second overall pick. He was supposed to be multiple Super Bowl winning MVP caliber quarterback, and he looked like a three-ring circus out there. So that, I think, adds a factor of how bad he looked that you can't forget. But new scenery, new weapons, new offensive line, whole new, it's a fresh start. It's on Carson Wentz at this point. If he flames out, it's on him, and there's no fixing it. So we'll see. Yeah, time will tell. Again, I think it's, like we said, I think medium risk, high reward is a – is a great way to look at it. And I think I think Reich truly has a gift as a former quarterback, quarterback whisperer of, of finding a way to, to get guys back to they were. And I don't want to live in the past too much again, but this is the closest thing to what Wentz had when they went to that Super Bowl. And Adam's right. He was he didn't win any of those playoff games, but he was sure as hell playing like an MVP that season in terms of who was his coach that was getting him ready on offense, what his team looked like, not only on offense, but on defense. Um, and this indie team is really similar, if not better, in a lot of regards. So, will he be as good as then? And during that time, m- maybe not. Probably not. But, man, but if if he's if he's seventy eighty percent of yeah. that guy, that's hey, Colts fans need it. Yeah, we'll sign up for that because really, all you need all you need from Wentz is be in the top ten, be in the top ten, top twelve, even I think. No, be just top half. Just be better than half the quarterbacks in the league. I think most teams would sign up for that. Um, and we got pretty close to that with Phillip Rivers. I went and looked in our main league. He finished, and this is fantasy, but he finished top 15. He was, uh, or no, he was QB 17. So right around that kind of median point. Um, but Connor, as we kind of wrap up the, uh, the Wentz discussion, we'll say goodbye to you and take to the Wolverine meme where he's holding up the picture and it's just Andrew Luck. And uh, just cry yourself to sleep tonight, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I was fully waiting on him to come out of retirement like that one random Twitter account. I think it was uh, fake Peyton Manning said he was. So thanks for uh, making me look like an idiot on the pod, fake Peyton Manning. How could you do that to me? Jimmy from the Colts. Jimmy from Jimmy the, from the Colts. Colts. The fake text messages. Like, Connor was all in. Heck, Markham was too. He picked him up in one of our leagues. So There's Jimmy from leagues, the block. Man, There's yeah. Jimmy from the Colts. Yep. All right, Connie. Well, thanks for joining us for the Wentz talk. Wouldn't miss it. Hey, fly Eagles fly. Wentz gang. See you boys. Later. All right, Eddie. Let's keep it rolling here. We got a couple other pieces of news. Some more quarterback drama. Big Ben. Is Big Ben getting released, Eddie? I mean, yeah, it seems like that based on the, uh, the comments the GM made, right, when they asked him. Um, if, if big Ben is coming back, they, I think he's pretty much said the, the we'll see, which is never a good sign. He said, he's our quarterback at the moment, which is literally the exact same words that Les Snead and Sean McVay said about Jared Goff about three weeks ago. And then he was traded about 72 hours later. So, uh, big Ben is on the verge of getting released. Uh, he's due to make like way too much money, like $40 million or something stupid this next year. The Steelers are an absolute cap hell. I think they're ready to move on. There's whispers in the bushes that they really like Mason Rudolph. That would be super duper grim. Dwayne Haskins may be even grimmer. But um, 
Yeah, I think Steelers fans, you need to brace yourselves because I'd say within about once we get some clarity on the salary cap situation, I think you're going to see a lot of veterans get cut. And I think Big Ben will be the biggest name of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, in the comments here, we have our, our boy Bud Poopy Poo saying that maybe Darnold could go there. And that's right. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of these dominoes are falling and there's not a lot of guys left. So, um, yeah, maybe Darnold, maybe Derek Carr. I mean, yikes. I, I like Darnold the best out of all these options left, but um, I don't really know what they do there. How do you see that shaking out there? Do they address it in the draft or are they going to bring in somebody? No, I think that they're just going to have to hit the reset button. I think as gross as it is to think about, I think they brought in Haskins for a reason. I think it's going to be a competition between him and Mason Rudolph. And I think Big Ben will eventually retire. I don't think he's going to go chase the dragon for another team at, you know, age 38 or whatever he is now coming off a pretty mediocre season in which it clearly looked like his physical gifts had diminished. So I had said forever, I thought it was, more likely than not, the Big Ben didn't come back. I thought it would be because he just outright retired. Uh, he's already come out and said he's willing to take a pay cut, but I don't think he's going to be willing to take the type of haircut the Steelers want to give. And I just think they're kind of fatigued at this point. They're ready to turn the page. As crazy as that is, because both of those options are way worse than Ben Roethlisberger. So, um, yeah, not a good time to be a Steelers fan. Yeah, I would definitely want Haskins if you're talking about, you know, a waiver wire pickup between uh, Hammer or Mason Rudolph. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 awful. They're in an awful situation there. Uh, I mean, I still think you got to try and work it out with Big Ben, bring him back. I mean, if you can, if he can settle, you know, for $15 million, I mean, what, what else does he have? What else is he, is he going to do? Where, where else would he go other than Pittsburgh? Um, and, I, I mean, I feel like if he didn't have that – that game that he did against Cleveland, I don't think this would be a conversation. I think, oh yeah, Big Ben would definitely be coming back because I don't think he was that bad this year, honestly. I mean, remember they were like eleven and zero, right, or something at some point, weren't they? Like undefeated, like yes, they were three fourths of the way through the season. So, I mean, that happened this year. So, um, I, I just feel like if, if that Cleveland playoff game never happens, where he throws what like five picks, we're not really thinking about this right now, uh, or neither other Steelers. So. It's a shame. Uh, I hate that it's going to end like that for Big Big Ben. Um, but also, who cares? It's Big Ben. He's not the best person either, so whatever. Yeah, I, I don't feel any sympathy for Big Ben. Um, it, it it was funny. On the Around the NFL podcast, Mark Sessler put out a crazy prediction that he saw Big Ben winding up in Houston, I guess, after Deshaun Watson inevitably gets traded in his mind. So there are you know, some landing spots, potentially big Ben, I think would have a job, at least a chance to come in and compete if he wanted to, but does he really want to? I don't know. You got a ring. Uh, you're probably a hall of famer. Just hang it up, man. Like don't go chase it with another team. Like you're not going to be the piece that pushes any team over the edge. Most, most, most likely. So I don't know, though. you never know. He could, he could think that he, you know, just like Tom Brady just did. Who's 43. You know how these guys get, they're competitive, maybe somewhat delusional at times. Oh, um, I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm just saying it would be stupid to do it. Cause, uh, just hang it up, man. Like, what do you have left to prove? I mean, I don't know. If think you're going to go pull a Tom Brady and take, uh, will franchise to the Super Bowl and get another ring. You're fooling yourself. 
Hey, it seems athletes, man, they don't always have the best uh, awareness. That's true. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Well, some sad news, Addy. I know I've probably had this player on many fantasy rosters. I remember watching him play. He was a dominant force back in the day for the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rest in peace to Vincent Jackson, found dead in a hotel room. I believe he was um, 37 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I don't know if anything, anything else. I saw he had been struggling with alcoholism. Um, I don't know maybe if, you know, any kind of CTE uh, or, you know, brain damage from playing played into this. I haven't seen any other details emerge. It was just really sad because we're, you know, that was a player that we grew up watching and is gone way too soon. Yeah. I mean, it was just in the, in the league, like three years ago, right? Three, four years ago. So yeah, I mean, I was always a big B-Jax fan. Um, loved him in, in San Diego, uh, when that's what it was called. Um, and then yeah, Tampa Bay, he had a, a few really good years there. Um, before it kind of fell off. But yeah, you just hate hearing stuff like that, man. You, you never know how retirement affects some of these players. Um, and it's just an awful story. Just send the best out to his family and, and all that stuff. It's just, it's just terrible. Yeah. So that was the news there. I don't know if there's anything else really. Um, the salary cap, we mentioned uh, clarity. The salary floor was raised from 175 to 180 million I've seen anywhere between 180 and 188. My guess now with the new floor is 185 <laughs> playing in a salary cap league. We talked about this on the last podcast. Um, we were on pins and needles where it's actually going to end up. Uh, the vote went that we are going to follow the NFL salary cap in our main um, RSO league. So um, your boy had to ship off Ezekiel Elliott and DeAndre Hopkins uh, shed a, a couple manly tears for those trades to get under the cap, uh, but still waiting, still waiting for clarity on what that's going to be. My guess is 185. That's what Spot Track came out today and said they're hoping for and they're optimistic it's going to be. But I think, like I said, you're going to see a lot of surprising cuts as soon as we get clarity, Addy, on what this number is. Yeah, there's going to, I mean, there's going to have to be. There's so many teams that are already over the cap and in bad situations. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a wild off season. Um, and also, you know, not just with the amount of people getting cuts and everything, but isn't the, in the combine and everything going to be a little bit different as well. Combines all virtual, which, you know, bums me out because I love watching the combine. It's the perfect thing to like ha have on in the background when you're working, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's all virtual this year because that was the last event. They snuck the combine in there, uh, before everything shut down. That was like the last big sporting event. So, um, and that should be happening here, uh, like end of February, beginning of March. I think it's actually the first week in March. We're going to do a little bit of combine reaction that week. Uh, some of these top prospects, see how they're measuring. I, I guess if we get that information, I don't even know what is going to be tangible that comes out of this combine. The NFL's done a nice job handling these virtual events so far, but with something like this, I don't know if we're going to have access to as much information as we're used to having. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, they still going to have the guys running the forties and all that stuff. I assume so. My, this is my guess. It'll be sort of like the draft where they have it set up with cameras at different college facilities and they'll have mm -hmm. players running forties, doing drills, 
Um, and that will be the broadcast portion, right? Like all of the exercises and drills will just be done remotely and they'll pipe it into different schools at different times. So, and then of course, all the off-field stuff will just happen via Zoom. So we'll see. I think it's going to be, it'll be an interesting TV event, if nothing else, uh, since it'll be a lot more, you know, a lot more spinning plates to keep going. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be able to trust all these results. Could These uh, videos could be doctored. Are they laser measuring or are they hand measuring those 40 times, Eddie? That's the question you got to be asking yourself. No, you know, all the deets on it. You need to stay woke, people. Well, let's talk about some sell-high candidates, Addie. It is trade season, S-Z-N, in Dynasty football. So we've got this week, sell-high, buy-low. I was actually talking to our boy, Kyborg. If you haven't checked it out yet, they have the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus, the UDK Plus. It's new this year. It has the DFS Pass, and it has the Dynasty Pass in there. And our boy Kyborg, now the full-time editor-in-chief for the footballers, was a big part of bringing this Dynasty Pass to life. And he asked, he said, Josh, is there anything we could add to make this thing even better? And it's great. You've got to check it out, Addy. They have team opportunities in there. So, like, ideal landing spots per position. Like, they grade it on, like, a A through F scale for it opportune landing spots really cool of course rookie profiles you know startup rankings rookie rankings and i said what if you did something like buy low candidates and sell high candidates you know because i can pick that out from looking at the rankings and all that but it's nice to have that validated nice to have another set of eyeballs on that just to make sure i'm not seeing things that's what we're going to do tonight and next week. We're going to hit buy low next week. And tonight, Addy, we have both some offensive and defensive guys that we should be looking to sell high. Where do you want to start? You want to start offense or you want to start defense? Let's go with offense. Let's start with offense. All right. We're going to start up in Seattle. We didn't mention it in the news, but Russell Wilson been chirping a little bit, saying, hey, I'm getting hit too much. Sierra's mad I don't have say in personnel moves. So, of course, teams are calling about Russell Wilson, which is exactly what he wanted. He wanted to stir the pot a little bit. But the wide receiver we're talking about there, Tyler Lockett, a great sell-high candidate, Addy. And I want to give you some stats and see if you agree that this is a perfect time to sell Tyler Lockett. Finished as the wide receiver 8 in 2020, but busted 62.5% of his games this past season. Hat tip to the fantasy footballers for their consistency metrics. Pete Carroll has already said that he wants to run the ball more. As we mentioned, Russell Wilson is unhappy. So I would say sell to the fantasy manager in your league who looks at the end of the year finishes and hype up the fact that Tyler Lockett finished as a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, I mean, also he's, he, he'll be 29 at the end of September. So you know, he, he's he's reaching that age where we want to start getting rid of these guys. Um, he's just, yeah, I don't think he's going to be explosive, at, you know, as he once was moving forward. Um, he's always a guy that's kind of struggled with injuries. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's going to be about DK moving, you know, he's the, he's the long-term piece that you want there. And um, I imagine they'll bring someone else in too. I think, I think they – even though they say they want to run the ball, I mean, Pete Carroll's going to end up getting, getting fired if, if they keep having seasons and finishes like they did last year. So they can continue to say they want to run the ball, but it's not working. Their offense was much better. That team was much better when Russell was out there doing his thing, letting them cook, 
He's a great quarterback. He should have more control of the offense. I don't blame him for being frustrated. Um, but yeah, I mean, Howard Lockett, he's not, he, you're not, you don't want to go, um, you don't want to go buying him right now. I don't think, I think, but I, I'd imagine most dynasty people understand that and are trying to sell him. Um, but yeah, what do you think you could get for Tyler Lockett right now? Man, my my thinking is always so skewed because of our main league. Everything filters through the idea of like, what's Tyler Lockett's, Tyler Lockett's contract in that league? So I have a hard time like separating just from a dynasty perspective. Um, but in an IDP league where again, picks are valued a little differently. I mean, Tyler Lockett, like a second? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of bad at this, like just off the head, off the top of the dome trade value. Yeah. Second I, I feel pick? like if you're, yeah, I think if you're going to, if you're, if you're looking to buy him, I think that that would be what I would be wanting to spend. I don't know that the, the Tyler Lockett owner is going to want to let go of him for that, but I'm not giving you a first for Tyler Lockett. Just not yeah. going to happen. No, absolutely uh, I mean, not. I mean, maybe, you know, next year, if you're in contention and he, and he does start out doing well, um, you know, maybe Russ is in him or clicking like they used to when, when, uh, with, with Lockett running out of the slot and DK going over top. But, um, I don't know, man. I don't, I think his best days are behind him. Um, I agree. Sell now if you can, if you can get a second, that's, that's fine. If you get like an early second, I'd, I'd be all over that. Sell, sell, sell. Let's move to defense here, Addy. And uh, this is going to upset some people out there. The player who almost was the defensive player of the year, but was not because of a man named Aaron Donald. We're talking about TJ Watt. Now, TJ Watt is a very good football player. May have his brother running alongside him uh, this next season in, in Pittsburgh. We'll see how it plays out, especially if they – Jettison Big Ben's contract into the sun. But TJ Watt, 14 sacks and only 43 tackles. Now, this is again positional designation, little kind of finicky here. He's designated as a linebacker in a lot of places. And this is where you have to be really careful with these edge guys designated as linebackers, especially dependent upon your scoring settings. Banking on sacks, Addy, is kind of like banking on touchdowns with offensive players for me. I don't want to ride that lightning because chances are a, a sack total like 14 is going to regress back to a more you know normal kind of baseline number. So if you're buying TJ Watt off this 14 sack season, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, he'll uh, he's tough, man. He's still in that prime kind of because he's I mean he'll be 27 when the season starts like you mentioned he could have his brother there joining him so I mean that would that would be just a nightmare for opposing offensive lines um yeah 14 and a half sacks that that is a lot but that's that's his that's his that's kind of his range um but I agree I think the I think TJ Watt the consistency that we've seen the last two years I think that's going to eventually slow down we see this often with with uh, guys of his of, you know of his type Khalil Mack, another type guy, was one time like super consistent, putting up, you know, 20 on the reg. It seemed like every week that slows down over time. Um, and I think TJ Watt's going to have, you know, a, a similar type career. Once he gets in that 28, 29 range, that's when he's going to start slowing down. So I think now is the perfect time to sell him because you can still, you can still probably get, you know, a first plus for him. Um, and then, yeah, you know, 
he's great right now, a linebacker, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep just trusting that he's going to be different than, you know, everyone like him. I think yeah. he's continued to just be consistent for his entire career. It's sometimes it's not always about that. This player is set to fall off a cliff. Sometimes it's about their value is as high as it's ever going to be. Ready to cash Mate. out. Exactly. Just, just cash out. Just cash out. It's it's that's and and I understand sometimes too the people that would say the point of fantasy is to have the good players on your team. I don't have a problem with that philosophy. If you're like TJ Watt helps me win a title, so it is a little bit situational. It is a bit context specific in terms of should you be selling, should you be buying. But we're talking about just kind of in a vacuum without these other sort of factors involved. TJ Watt, this is a great time to cash out. It's not always about like Tyler Lockett, as an example, we just mentioned a player that probably has seen his best days. The team situation is murky. TJ Watt is set up to be really good. Will he be as good as he's been the past two years? Probably not. So this is a great time to sell high, get the value back and let somebody else take that hit on not getting the sticker price that they pay for TJ Watt. And another point about TJ Watt, Bud Dupree likely gone. Cameron Hayward getting older. So, I mean, he, he might be losing some of that awesome help around him. That's true. Let's talk about a running back for the Chicago Bears who will not be getting Carson Wentz because they never put in an offer. So it looks like they'll be riding with Nick Foles and his mighty, mighty penis. Let's talk about David Montgomery, also known as David My Opportunity to y'all footballer fans out there. Finish the year on fire, Addy. I cannot stress that enough. All caps on fire. Starting in week 12. Are you ready for this? I looked this up and I almost didn't believe it. Starting in week 12, here were his finishes. RB7, 1, 7, 1, 9, and 6. That was good for RB4 on the year. So, which story do you believe? The story from the beginning of the season or the story from the end of the season? Now, I'm banking on some kind of QB upgrade here. I was joking earlier. I don't think they're actually going to ride with Nick Foles. There's been too much smoke coming out. They want to move on from BDN. So I think they're going to be a QB upgrade, which means less reliance on David Montgomery, who averaged 23.8 opportunities per game in those last six games. He had 19.1 opportunities per game before the bye week. Now, remember, that shift coincided with the move back to Trubisky whom the coaching staff did not trust at the end of the season. That's why you saw David Montgomery's usage absolutely skyrocket was because Trubisky was reinserted as quarterback. Trubisky's gone. Likely a better quarterback coming in there. Now, if it's Nick Foles, maybe, maybe Montgomery is a nice hold. Maybe he's a nice buy, but I'm buying into the narrative that there will be a QB upgrade there. And I'm going to try to cash out on the fact that this guy went nuclear down the stretch and is going to have to cool off somewhat, Addy. What say you? Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, yeah, no one was. I mean, really, he was about as was he like the best running back to finish the year? I mean, based on that stuff you're saying, I would I would think so. So, 
Yeah, I mean, perfect time to sell. Also, you got to remember, no Tariq Cohen. He was hurt all last year, so that you know that paved the way for him to to get all the opportunity. Um, yeah, David Montgomery, easy sell. Sell, sell, sell. Let's go back to defense. I'm curious your take on this one because what I was looking for. Again, I'm always going to fade. I'm always going to sell the high sack guys, especially when it's a bit of an outlier. So Romeo Aquara, 10 sacks. Now, double check my, my stats here, Eddie, because I got these from our RSO league, and we know the RSO stats don't always add up exactly. But I had him down for 10 sacks. So very high finish in terms of defensive end for his position group. Still very young, but a free agent coming off a high sack season. Hadn't really seen this before with Aquara. So you could make the case he's a good buy because he's a young guy about to get paid a lot of money. Going to have a lot of opportunities. But anytime I can sell a really high finish that's fueled by sacks, I'm going to do it, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean, he was he was surprisingly pretty good, though. I mean, 61 pressures on 748 snaps. That's really nice. Those, those 61 pressures, that was tied ninth in the NFL. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I don't think that I don't think that he's going to have those type of seasons going forward. He reminds me a lot of Yannick Ngakwe. He's he's really good as a pass rusher, but he's a he's a non-factor in the run game. Um, so guys like that that are, that are really one-dimensional, they don't tend to stick around or, or be a, a type of a guy that teams are going to build around. So um, yeah, this could be a, a, we see these type of years often from guys, a, a flash in the pan type year from Aquara. So definitely a good sell candidate, but you know, it's, it's going to be one of those deals where what is someone going to be um, buying them for? You're probably not going to get anyone give you more than a third for them. Um, so in that case, you might as well just hold, but yeah, hold. third, third and up I'm selling. Yeah, and here's the perfect and even fourth time. maybe an early fourth maybe as well. I mean, you know, and think about our one our one QB league that was Justin Herbert was going in the fourth. Jeremy Chin was going in the fourth. I mean, in IDP leagues, a fourth round pick is really like a third round pick. It is, and here's the perfect time to sell. And so, see what value you can get when Aquara signs with another team. There is always more excitement when a player signs than when there's still some ambiguity around their landing spot. So hold Aquara, see where he goes, and then throw it out there once he lands, especially if it's in a good situation and he gets a big contract. Yes, good point. That And if you can't get that deal, just hold on to him because he could end up in a nice situation. Could be a great DN2 for you, even if he regresses a little bit. That's still a very valuable piece to have, Eddie. Yep. For sure. So let's let's talk tight end. I wanted to vary it up a little bit here. We've hit wide receiver. We've hit running back. And now we're going to talk tight end. Easy sell here for me is Robert Tunyon, the Green Bay Packers tight end, who caught 11 touchdown passes. Again, I mentioned it earlier. Sell the high sack guys. Sell the high touchdown guys, especially coming off a prolific year for Aaron Rodgers, where he won the MVP, played out of his freaking mind. And you likely have a wide receiver to upgrade inbound to go with very likely Aaron Rodgers regression in terms of statistics. So 
cash out, sell Tunyon if you can. People may be smart, hip to this one because he was that kind of flash in the pan one-year wonder. But if you could get, like you said, Addy, a fourth-round pick or something for Robert Tunyon, a third round, let him go because I promise you the tight end landscape is gross. Tight ends aren't that valuable in terms of positional advantage unless you have like a, you know, Kittle or a Kelsey or a Waller. So let this guy go if you get some nice draft pick compensation back. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have much out of that. You did, uh, you did great there. Thank you, Addy. You're so sweet. I appreciate when you love on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about defense. And we got a few more. We got, it uh, looks like, a couple more guys on the defensive side than we do on offense. So let's hit a couple here, Addy. Let's double up. Uh, uh. And let's talk about Jabril Peppers. We talked about Xavier McKinney. I believe it was a couple episodes back. We talked about what a nice buy Xavier McKinney is right now. And so let's talk about Jabril Peppers. This is, again, a low tackle guy propped up by big plays. He had eight tackles for loss, 11 passes defended, two sacks, and an INT. Funny enough, probably like two points higher on the scoring was Malcolm Jenkins. So you can make the same case for Jenkins. He's not as sexy in terms of name because he's older. Jabril's still the young hotness, but I'm going to sell the safety that's propped up by the big plays. Like we say, we talked about this with Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not wanting to bank on big plays. I like the safe tackle floor. And Jabril Peppers just does not give that to you, especially with Xavier McKinney back in the mix. And the Giants very likely to upgrade at linebacker alongside Blake Martinez. Yeah, that's really it for me as well. Just all the all the competition surrounding him, you know. And also, they gave they gave the contract extension to, to Logan Ryan. Uh, we know they like to, to to run Julian Love back there. Some he's getting older. He's got more experience now. So, um, yeah, I don't think Jarrell Peppers is really that special of a player. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not. He's not the guy that I'm targeting there. Um, it would be Xavier McKinney for me, but Peppers is a guy that finished inside the top six last year, like he did the year before. So I think people may be thinking, okay, this guy's consistent. I can trust this guy. I don't know. The bottom might be about to fall out. Yeah. Talk about another player that the bottom may be about to fall out is a guy that really flashed. And you thought there was no way that he would end up outscoring his line mate there in new Orleans, but Addie Trey Hendrickson had a him a season, but make the case why he is a great sell high candidate right now. Yeah. So, I mean, Trey Hendrickson, he finished second in the league with 13 and a half sacks also added 49 pressures on 558 snaps. So, I mean, you, you look at those numbers, that's, ex- that's extremely efficient. Why would we sell this guy? Well, if you, if you watch the, the, uh, the, the sacks that Trey made, a lot of these were the, were the result of, of the QB holding the ball too long or poor offensive linemen. Um, so five and a half of his sacks came from teams that were graded 23 or worse in pass blocking, according to PFF. I like Trey. I mean, we, talked to, we talked a ton about him last year on the show, but I think this is a perfect time to sell him. You know, I don't think we'll ever see a better year than this 2020 campaign, um, at least not 13 and a half sacks. I see him more of like a, a guy like, you know, nine to 11 tight, you know, never forget sacks. Never forget. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
if you can get it's it's another one of those deals like what can you get for a guy like this so um if someone's offering you a second hell yes we're 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 cracking up and we're accepting that offer a third probably yeah i mean i you know I, i'm 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 going to want a little more maybe maybe like a third and a fourth but but i'll settle for a third probably um fourth no i'm going to just going to hold on to Trey Hendrickson just because like i said i mean a guy that can give you 9 to to 10 sacks that's still uh, you know that's still very valuable but he's likely just a de2 for me not a de1 like we saw this year did you go 9 to 10 the second time because you didn't want to say 911 never forget a second time in a row yeah i don't want to wear it out <laughs> it's a good joke like once a sode. Uh yeah, Trey Hendrickson, I agree, especially new team, new situation. There's always just a little bit of uncertainty there and you can play that one of two ways. Um you can play that as I want to hold and see because I just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to have with Hendrickson in a new situation. Probably going to be one of the highest paid edge rushers in the league this offseason. But you can also, like we talked about um, with Romeo Aquara, see where Hendrickson lands and then play off the hype if he lands in a good good situation with a fat contract. But, yeah, it's all price dependent. You're not wanting to sell these guys for the sake of selling them. This is all about getting back the right value. So you have to establish what the value is. That's league-specific. We're trying to give you all some guidelines here. But this is not just selling to be willy-nilly. You're trying to cash out and get maximum value for a guy so that you can then turn around and use, especially those draft picks, to acquire younger, cheaper assets that, that can then help your team for a longer period of time. And what we get stuck in, Addy, is a little bit of endowment bias because we tend to like the guys that are on our team more than the players that are on other people's teams And we also really like guys that maybe helped us win games, helped us win rings. It's hard to let go of those guys, but you have to take off the emotional blinders and just use logic when it comes to these sell high guys sometimes. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times you can be, you can be too worried about what, you know, what you spent to acquire that guy. And and you're just always um, overvaluing this guy because you, you know, at one point you, you pay too much for him yourself. So yeah, a lot of factors go into stuff like that. But uh Anderson, I'm 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 pretty confident we're not gonna see him second in the you know in the league in sacks again. Yeah, I would be very shocked if that was the case. Let's talk about another New Orleans Saints here, Addy, that is a great sell high. It's our last offensive player. And it's freaking Alvin Kamara. I'm super interested to see how you're gonna paint the picture here. So get out that paintbrush, baby. Let's see what you got. Yeah, so, I mean, Alvin Kamara, right. He finished as the RB1 after putting up career highs in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and receptions. This was Alvin Kamara's best season to date, but he turns 26 in July. And what does life after Breeze look like? Um, what did it look like? What did it look like this year? So, with Breeze, he averaged 32.7 fancy points per game in 11 games with Breeze starting. Without, 16.7 points per game. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, almost, you know, cut, cut his points per game in half with Taysom Hill under, under center. Also his career high uh, interceptions, you know, that happened. He had 83 receptions this year, um, but he would have smashed that record had it not been for, for Taysom Hill having to take over in the four games with Taysom Hill. He only caught 10 balls total. That was good for an average of two and a half per game. 
with Breeze, he was averaging about six and a half catches a game. So yeah. going forward, I mean, it seems like, I mean, I, I know that they've, we've, we've heard talks of, they really like Winston. They want to keep him around. They don't have any money. So uh, Hill is under contract. I, I mean, he might be the starting quarterback by default. And if that's the case, that is not good for Alvin Kamara's value. No, he is going to be the quarterback. Like that's almost an inevitability based on where the saints are. Jameis Winston's not going to settle for another, like a Cam Newton type deal, like one year, $1 million to help the saints out. He's going to go get himself a potential, a really cushy backup job, kind of that Andy Dalton level money. Or he's going to go somewhere where he has a chance to compete for a starting job. He's he's not going to be the Saints quarterback, folks. I hate to break it to you. Um, and it, are we sure Drew Brees is going to retire? Yeah, it's, we're not. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it have happened by now? Like, what are we waiting for? Rivers has already rode off into the sunset. Was Brees just kind of waiting for the Rivers' wake to die down so that he could have his moment in the sun? I don't know. I got to think about that today. I was like, why is Drew Brees still on this team? Yeah, that's a good point. We haven't heard anything about that yet. So we'll see. He did restructure his deal to help the Saints out. But that's also kind of weird. Because if you're going through that rigmarole, just just retire. Like, why do we have to make a song and dance about restructuring my contract? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, AK, there's just so much uncertainty there. And if Taysom Hill is the guy which it seems very likely he's going to be that is a body blow to ak's fantasy value and let's talk about a guy there for the washington football team that we all love very much and it's these kind of waiver wire darlings trey hendrickson another great example i know you picked trey up off of the waiver wire this was another guy cameron curl it's a waiver wire darling. It's hard to let these guys go because you're like, this is my baby. I discovered him. I nurtured him, raised him, and now I'm going to sell him? No, I can't do it. But why should we be thinking about selling high on Cameron Curl? Yeah, I mean, seventh round pick this last year. So, I mean, that's that's kind of cool, too, to see a seventh round rookie come in and make such an impact. But for fantasy purposes, Cameron Curl averaged 16.8 point, uh, 16.8 points per game once he came once he uh, became the full time starter for Landon Collins. Um, but that's the problem, right? I mean, Landon Collins was out, so that's what it took for him to be productive. That's what that's what it took for him to get on the field. Uh, well, Landon Collins is coming back this year. Uh, there's been a little bit of talk about he might be released uh, just because of how great the Cameron Curl was playing. I just don't see that being the case. Uh, Landon Collins has a dead cap of $18.8 million. So it will cost more for Washington to cut him than to keep him. So, I mean, Landon Collins is a, is a pro bowl player. You know, I think he's been to, you know, multiple pro bowls. Um, even though we don't put a lot of weight in that, you know, in real life, I mean, these teams do, these GMs do. Um, so I, I think he's going to stick around. I mean, also we got to remember they have nobody at linebacker. So uh, it's not like this, team was just overflowing with riches like they need they need some defenders in there that are decent and and uh i don't think that someone like chase young would be too happy if you let a landon collins go no he would not be and the dead cap tells me landon collins is going to be there and landon collins is a good player let's not write him off because he got hurt now like your note here addy not necessarily a 2021 target for cameron curl 
but possibly a target for 2022. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm definitely, I think, I mean, so I think Landon Collins is going to come back. He's going to get the, you know, the lion's share of, of the snaps again. And so I'm buying the dip that's going to come next year when Cameron Curl doesn't get the playing time or he's playing out of position, you know, not playing that strong safety role. Um, Cause I do think that Washington is going to try and find a way to get on, get him on the field. Um, but it's not going to be where Landon Collins is playing. So yeah, I'm buying the dip. I think that's coming next year. I'm looking forward to 2022 for Cameron Curl. All right, let's keep it rolling here with another waiver wire, darling. Are you sensing a theme here, beloved listener? Don't just copy and paste the finish or the stats for guys that came out of nowhere to next season. You typically don't get that level of consistency from guys that are relative unknowns. Yes, you may miss out and you may have guys off of waivers pop and become the next big thing. Shaq Barrett, anyone? But it's very, very rare. I will take that chance and sell these guys knowing that the 15 to 20% of the time I just sold a hidden gem. I'm okay with that because the other 80 to 85% of the time, I got back maximum value for guys that never quite did what they did that year. So let's talk about Tyrell Adams, Addy. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the case for Tyrell and see what you think. See if he he fits the bill for sell high. So monster year for Tyrell Adams from an IDP standpoint. Dude was really good. Average 16 and a half points per game once he took over for Bernardrick McKinney getting injured. But Addy. Let's be honest, this guy, he stinks. He made a lot of tackles on a bad defense. Dude missed 16 tackles, tied for 11th worst in the NFL. And remember, he didn't start until week five. He'll be 29 years old in April. You only get the grown man strength when you're a defensive lineman. 29 years old as a linebacker means you're just old as hell. He'll be a free agent, so who knows what type of role he has with whatever team he latches onto in free agency. And Addy, dare I say, he may not even have a job in 2021. He may be a backup again. Yeah, there's a really good chance. Remember, this is a a guy on a bad defense. He just like we like you just mentioned. He just he just compiled a ton of stats on a bad defense. Whoop de freaking do. No one cares. You know, real teams do not play IDP. They're not going to care about Tyrell Adams. He's 29. This guy's been around a while. You know, there's there's a reason why he hasn't gotten much of a chance until now. Um, great year, you know, as, as far as tackles go. That's about it. Even Tyrell Adams' family is selling Tyrell Adams shares in their IDP leagues. And people were putting value into him. I, I mean, I saw um, in one of my leagues, I saw, I saw someone uh, – traded Justin Jefferson for Miles Sanders and Tyrell Adams. So they had to have some type of value for, for Tyrell Adams to, to do a deal like that. But yeah, I was, I was quite shocked to see that deal done, but it, uh, Tyrell if, Adams did a good chance. He's, he's a complete bust next year. If you can get anything and I mean anything for fourth, Tyrell I'm trading Adams. Tyrell. Yeah. I'm trading a fourth. Yeah. Fourth, a third, whatever. I don't care. In a heartbeat. Bye-bye. So, last player here, Addy. Another guy on the move. Are you sensing another theme here, dear listener? Free agents that come out of nowhere 
well, waiver wire guys that come out of nowhere and pop and guys that are pending free agents. Addy, mm-hmm. make the case here for this last guy, our final sell high candidate of the night. Yeah, those those contract year breakouts. See a lot of those. And that's exactly what Hassan Reddick did in 2020. Racked up 12 and a half sacks and 56 pressures on 874 snaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- we've always kind of liked Hassan Reddick. really good a- athlete, a guy that actually comps Levante David on playerprofiler.com. But, I mean, across the board, just everything, you know, as far as um, athletics and, and, and his profile, everything you want in a, in a, in a guy. So um, that's nice, but I'm just not trusting that it's going to happen again. Um, and he's going, you know, especially with him maybe going to a new situation, we just never know how it's going to shake out. Um, and he could have been just one of these types that was motivated by the money. We see people do this all the time. Robert Quinn's the most recent example of it. Um, you know, had a great year and then secured the bag in Chicago and, and we didn't hear from him again. Um, so that could be the case here for the son. Fortunately for son, he is younger. So he has, he has that on his, on his side, but um, yeah, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting 12 and a half sacks again for son right last year. And also remember five of those sacks that he got came against the, the giants in one game. So if you look through his log, I mean, really there was eight games where he was under eight points. So that's not the type of guy I really want on my team. Yeah, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, good for him for having that breakout year when he's going into the contract year. Go get your money, Hassan. Hopefully, you stay hungry, stay motivated. Prove us wrong. That would be that would be great, uh, for, you know, for your NFL career. But not a guy that I want anything to do with in IDP. So again, deal specific, uh, but. If I can get a third round pick for Hassan Reddick, man, he's gone, Eddie. He gone. If, if people are telling you to buy anyone on this list, they're a fraud. They're a fraud. The, the, these were not. These are not buys. These were. These should have been buys or ads during the year. But also, you, you can add Eric Wilson to this list. I don't expect him to um, do what he did this year. He's going to be gone from Minnesota. Um, some team will overpay for him. I don't think he's that special of a player. Hmm. Just had to shoot right into your own fandom there. The bless the knees guys are going to be crying listening to this one. I love Eric. I mean, I had Eric Wilson everywhere. You know this. I do. Know but this. now is the now is the time to sell him. That's 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 why we uh, we're pretty decent at this. So time is now. Place is also now, Addy. As we know. Hey, we have a question. Who wins the Super Bowl next year? Man. I, the Bucks. I mean, why not roll it back with the Bucks if they bring this core back? If they can manage to keep Godwin and keep Shaq Barrett, maybe get Antonio Brown back on a cheap deal. They're my favorites right now. The Chiefs got a few things to figure out. I think they'll be in the mix. Uh, there's maybe some dark horse teams that could sneak in there, but I'd say run it back with the Bucks. As long as the goat is down there slinging it in Tampa, and you've got this core around him, they're my favorites right now. Yep. Yep. I agree. And I mean, I don't know really who else is close. I mean, I think it's just going to be a, a run it back type deal. Yeah. We're just Tampa Bay and Kansas city again are going to be the, the two favorite teams. I mean, maybe green Bay can, can, uh, can ascend if they can, if they can, you know, what if they get Levante David or they make a, a, another really nice defensive pickup, maybe Shaq Barrett. Um, that'd be nice with, you know, Zadarius Smith there and, and Shaq Barrett. That'd be sick. 
but also expect maybe them to pick up a, an offensive piece or two. So, yeah, I mean, but, but really there's, there's not a lot of teams that are jumping out of me thinking like they're going to give, you know, be much of a threat to, to either one of those type teams. I mean, I think you got to look long-term at teams like Jacksonville um, and getting, you know, Trevor Lawrence or um, Carolina, another good example. Carolina. So yeah. here's here's two teams. I'll give you one that is less of a dark horse and one that is a serious dark horse in the NFC. The one that shouldn't surprise anyone, the Cleveland Browns. Don't sleep on the Browns. This is an ascending team, I think, with a really solid head coach. I'm a Baker believer. I think he's an above-average quarterback. Top 12? Probably not. But I believe he is in that top half of the NFL in terms of real-life signal callers. So the Browns are in the mix for me in terms of the AFC and also sneaky dark horse. I'm not saying that they could win the Super Bowl, but I think if they get into the dance, you never know what could happen. The Los Angeles Chargers. How about that for a dark horse? I like that. You got Derwin coming back. You got to figure that they, they continue to add that offense to help out Herbert. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. They're cursed, think, though. That's, that is one problem. That's a cursed They're franchise. cursed. Yes, it does take a special kind of effort to absolve a team of that many sins, but I think Brandon Staley is an ascendant head coach. I'm really excited to see what he can do. It's funny because he comes from the Rams with Sean McVay, but he's very reminiscent of kind of that young wonder kid that players just love to be around, not because he's the Dan Campbell, bite the kneecaps, pound the chest, make you run through a brick wall, because you see the advantage that he gives you every single Sunday when you lace him up. And I think in a profession that is as much dominated by professionalism and doing your job as it is kind of this machismo and like rah-rah team spirit, guys also appreciate coaches that give them the best chance to win. Because everything's better when you're winning. Everybody gets paid more. Everybody loves you more. Everybody makes more money. So I think Brandon Staley gives the Chargers a chance to do that. So can he raise the Titanic? Ugh. We'll see. It's a tough task, but I like the Chargers as a big-time dark horse in the NFC. Yeah, seems like they got the quarterback to maybe do it for him. So, yeah, I like that going forward. All right, Addy, let's bring it home. This is a fun sode. I'm glad we got Connie on before he drifted off into the abyss. He said he actually was asleep and woke back up, so – Props to Connie for coming in and uh, bringing the heat on uh, on short rest. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely surprised we had him on the episode. So, Just thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. Y'all look forward. We got buy low candidates next week. We've got John Macri dropping in the feed on Thursday is the tentative date. He's going to try, I think, to shoot for Thursdays with his guests. So him and Mike will be talking about buy, sell, hold. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Check that out next Thursday. We'll be back at y'all with another episode. We got some really good stuff coming up. Don't touch that dial, Addy. That's right. We ain't going nowhere ever. <laughs> no, no, no breaks. No days off. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you to our patrons. We love you all. Stay safe out there, guys. 2021, somehow already worse. Off to a worse start than 2020. At least this time last year, we didn't know the horrors that awaited us. But this year we've got Texas is literally falling into the ocean down there. Just some horrible stuff coming out. So please, wherever you are, if you're under this snow and ice, 
Power's out, water's out. Stay safe, stay warm, get help, reach out, ask for help. There's a lot of people out there who can help, who want to help. So stay safe. We love you guys, and we'll see y'all next week. This is Big 3 IGP.